What's up, Pharmacy Nation? I'm Pharmacy Joe. Thank you for being a listener of the Elective Rotation, a critical care and hospital pharmacy podcast. This is episode 769. In this episode, I'll discuss alternatives to accommodate during the shortage. I have all the evidence supporting today's show linked up in the show notes at pharmacyjoe.com slash episode 769. Despite there being multiple manufacturers, some institutions are unable to resupply Atominate stock due to shortages at nearly all of the manufacturers. The most common uses of Atominate are for sedation, either an anesthetic dose for rapid sequence intubation or a sub-anesthetic dose for deep sedation procedures like reduction of dislocated joints in the ED. Common alternatives to automate for rapid sequence intubation are propofol or ketamine. Propofol is typically given at a dose of 2 mg per kilo IV, although a lower dose may be sufficient in elderly or debilitated patients, and ketamine is typically given at a dose of 1 to 2 mg per kilo IV. Common alternatives to automate for deep sedation procedures are also propofol and ketamine. In this scenario, however, propofol is given in much lower doses to avoid respiratory depression, as the goal is for the patient to maintain their own airway and breathing during the procedure. A dose of 0.5 to 1 milligram per kilo is given IV, and this is followed every few minutes by a quarter to a half of a milligram per kilo until the procedure is complete. Alternative approaches that involve giving small aliquots of propofol, such as 20 milligrams every 10 seconds until desired effect, may also be used, as this should also avoid respiratory depression in most patients. Ketamine is given for procedural sedation at the same dose as for rapid sequence intubation, 1 to 2 milligrams per kilo IV, and in the rare event the procedure extends past the approximate 10-minute duration of this initial dose, an additional half to 1 milligram per kilo may be given to extend the sedation. The combination of midazolam and fentanyl was frequently used to provide deep sedation prior to the widespread acceptance of ketamine and atomidate, which give the same depth of sedation with a much faster and reliable offset. Although no longer considered the ideal candidates for deep sedation, they might be considered an option for a unique patient if atomidate is not available and propofol and ketamine are not indicated. Dexmedetomidine may also be used in such a scenario, although since clinicians are probably more familiar with other agents, I would not expect this to be a realistic alternative to automate for procedural sedation. One rare use for automate that has no alternative is in the emergency management of Cushing syndrome in a patient that cannot take oral medications. If you're concerned about being able to treat a patient like this with IV automate, you could consider reserving a supply in the event it was needed. Based on a case series that described using 2.5 mg per hour for an average of 8 days, 480 mg of atomidate would need to be reserved to treat one patient with this condition. Since the condition is rare, and it's even more rare for a patient to have it and not be able to tolerate surgery or oral medications, it may be reasonable to not reserve a supply of atomidate for this during the shortage period. However, I would suggest the decision to do so be mutual between pharmacy and endocrinology leaders at each institution. Members of my Hospital Pharmacy Academy have access to training on airway pharmacology where I cover the use of atomidate, propofol, and ketamine more in-depth as well as paralytic and sedative choices for the six different types of airway scenarios and how to anticipate and deal with complications related to intubation. To get immediate access to this and other practical resources for hospital pharmacists, go to pharmacyjoe.com academy. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode of The Elective Rotation.